0: So if you joined us last week, I kind of said leading up to Easter, our goal in the midst of this crazy season is to really think about what does it look like as a church family to thrive in this moment that we're in. And so we looked at the story of Daniel last week and talked about several things we need in order to thrive. We talked about the significance of having deep roots and good relationships and godly rhythms in this season. So last week we kind of talked about the what we need to thrive in this season. And this morning, as we come into Holy Week together, as we look at at least another month of being in this situation that we're in, we're gonna talk about who is it that we need to thrive. Last week was the what, this week is the who. And a spoiler alert, it's Jesus. So there's no crazy there's no crazy left turn at the end of this message. You're not gonna be like, whoa, never saw that coming. But I, I want us to just think about, like, what does it look like in this season to receive the practical leadership of Jesus? in this season of uncertainty. So I'm gonna pray over us as we get ready to jump into Psalm 23 together. Father, I love you. I thank you so much for the gift of uh, the unexpected. You meet us in unexpected places, in unexpected ways. Uh, Father, would you just fill every living room, every car, every balcony, every place where someone right now is sitting and worshiping you and receiving your word, would you fill it with an overwhelming reality of your presence? Um, God, for those that are alone uh, today, would you remind them that they're not actually alone? And for those that are in a room with a few other people, would you remind them that the most significant one that's in the room is is you, that you're with them, you're among them. God, we thank you. Even though this isn't what we have chosen, we thank you for this season. We give you thanks in these times for who you are, for what you're doing, and for what you're going to do. In the name of Jesus, we pray and give thanks, and together we say amen. Psalm 23. Is where we're gonna go together for the next few minutes. You know, I was reflecting back on a moment uh, from right after my junior year in college. It was the summer, right after I'd finished up that semester, and my buddy and I, who was one of my best friends at the time, we moved into this uh, little apartment not too far from campus, and we had that first experience of paying way too much for something that's run down and terrible. But we didn't care. It was our first apartment. Maybe you've been there before. And I remember moving into this little apartment, 400 square feet. Uh, it actually used to be someone's attic, and they put an air conditioning unit and some carpet in it. So the only place where I could stand up straight in that whole apartment was if I was right in the middle of the room. And I remember that summer, he and I just loved like living in that place, and part of the thing that made that season so significant was he and I were both getting ready to step into a significant moment. Um, He had been dating a girl for several years. I'd been dating Sydney for several years. Um, Both he and I had bought the engagement rings that we were getting ready to propose to our girlfriends with. And so we spent that whole summer. We'd come home from these part-time jobs and we would just talk about Like how are we going to pull this off? What are we going to do? And we think of crazy ideas. And so I remember this one day in particular, he came home, it was early June, and he just had that look in his eye. He's like, dude, I know how I'm going to propose to my girlfriend. So he just started laying it out there for me. Next thing I know, two weeks later, we're on a plane on a Friday night, flying up to New York City where his girlfriend was working that summer. And uh, all of our personal belongings could fit in a little carry-on bag, but all of the stuff he needed to pull off this engagement uh, were in two or three huge suitcases. And so we're we're headed up to New York. We land around 7:30 that night, Friday night. We get on the train. We're driving in or uh, riding into downtown New York and we're talking about how this is going to go. And suddenly in the midst of that train ride, the, the train comes to this screeching halt. Now, I don't know if you've ever been in an unfamiliar place. Maybe you've been in a foreign country or in a different city and you're like hanging on your plans, your directions for every moment. But here we were Uh, We had our plan, we had our directions, we knew where we needed to go, and suddenly everything begins to shift. We we knew we were kind of in trouble when all of the locals on the train just started freaking out, they're losing their minds. We realized this was not an expected stop and suddenly the doors open. And uh, one of the ladies that worked for the subway system, she comes in and she says, hey, the train is broken, it's not gonna be working tonight, you need to find an alternative route and everybody just lost their minds. And so everybody's going off on this poor lady, felt so bad for her. Now keep in mind, this was 16 years ago, so I didn't even have a cell phone with me on this trip. No GPS, no Uber, it's not like you just pop on a map and find a different way, you had to find a paper map on a wall, you know, find a way to get around. And so we stand in line patiently to talk to this lady and ask her directions, and uh, she was really worn out by the time we got to her. And we said, hey, um, we're not from here. And she looked at us and she laughed. She heard my accent, she laughed again. She said, I know you're not from here. Where do you need to go? And I told her where we need to go and she laughed again, which wasn't a very comforting, encouraging moment. And she said, here's the deal. She said, where you go, or where you're trying to go, the only way to get there is if you leave the subway system and you're gonna have to walk about 16 blocks to another train line. Take that to this stop, take another train line. She said, here's the worst part. It's almost dark, or, or it is dark, and, um, you're in a really rough neighborhood for people that live here, and you don't live here, so it's going to be extra rough for you, and so be really safe. And, uh, and I'm like, okay, thanks for the pep talk, you know, so I don't know if you've ever been in one of those moments. And so I remember coming out of the subway, standing in this unfamiliar city on an unfamiliar street in the midst of chaos, holding these suitcases and going, man, this is not the way we planned for this to go. Like, have you ever had one of those moments where you just go, man, this is not the way I planned for this thing to go? Uh, I was reflecting back on that story uh, as I talked to different people throughout our church this week, different leaders from around the city, from around the world, and I realized, man, humanity, we've kind of found ourselves in one of these moments, at least metaphorically speaking, where, you know, a few weeks ago, we, we, all, we all had our plan. We all had our direction. We all knew where things were headed. And then suddenly, in what felt like a moment, everything shifted. And humanity has kind of come up from underground. We're looking around and going, "Okay, we don't know where to go here. We don't know where this street is headed. We don't know what we're supposed to do. We don't know how this is supposed to work out. And if you're anything like me, sometimes when we find ourselves in those moments, the unfamiliarity actually begins to breed some fear and some uncertainty. And we go, man, where do we cling to? Who do we hold on to in a season like this? And this is what I love is all throughout the scriptures, You see men and women that find themselves in uncertain circumstances. Sometimes it was because their own doing, You know, maybe their rebellion put them in a place they didn't expect to be and God had to meet them there with his grace and his leadership. Sometimes humanity would find themselves in unexpected places because they'd been walking right where Jesus told them to walk and all of a sudden they find themselves in a moment they didn't expect. But either way, no matter what it was that brought them to the moment, kind of the resounding reality of the scriptures is this call to embrace the one who wants to lead you through the moment. That's what we talked about last week. Hey, in this season, our goal as a church is not just to survive. It's not just to like get through this and then get back together again in person. It's like, no, how do we begin to thrive in the midst of the moment that we're in? One of my favorite places in the scriptures, it's one of those kind of Mount Everest moments. It's what uh, those beautiful faces from our church just read over us a few minutes ago. It's Psalm 23. It's one of the first passages of Scripture Sydney and I have our boys memorized because it's one of these moments where David, who is a man that was so accustomed to walking with God in seasons of uncertainty, he writes this song. And he just says, man, this is what's going on. And in the midst of this uncertain moment when I'm walking down a road filled with all sorts of fear, filled with all sorts of uncertainty, I'm reminded of who's walking with me. And this is what he says in Psalm 23. Open up your Bibles. We can start in verse one. It says, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. He says, the Lord's my shepherd. David says, I don't know where the road's going. I don't know where the circumstances are going to take me. I don't know what this is going to cost me. I don't know what's going on with the economy. I don't know if I'm getting my job back. I don't know if this is going to be good for my safety. David says, I don't know where this thing is going. He says, but I know the one that's with me. And he says, and the one that's with me is reliable. He says, he's the unshakable, undefeatable, uh, uh, um, all-knowing, omnipresent, Lord of Lords, King, King of Kings. Like, like, he knows it all. And he says, he's the one that's leading me in the moment that we're in. And I just found myself this week just kind of wrestling with this reality, like, who is it that I'm letting lead me in the moment that we're in? Like, like, who are you letting lead you in this moment? You know, are you trying to lead yourself through this? I like, go, oh man, I don't care how smart or brilliant you are. The truth is, you have no idea where this thing is going. And if you are trying to lead yourself through it, it's probably not going to go well. Or maybe you're allowing your news feed to lead you. That's even worse, <laughs> like even more discouraging. Or or maybe you have that really trustworthy friend on Facebook that got an online marketing degree, and all of a sudden she's an expert in global pandemics. Maybe that's the person that's leading you. I go, I don't know where it is that you're turning in this season for direction. You know, I found myself earlier this week talking with a group of friends, staying a so, uh, social distance in our front yard, you know, neighbors, and— we were just talking and he asked me, he said, how long do you think this will last? And I'm like, bro, I did not do that good in high school or college or grad school. Why are you asking? I have no idea how long this thing is gonna go. But I know the one who does. I know the one who does. And David says, when I find myself walking down the road of uncertainty, he says, I hold on to not what I do, but who's with me. He says, my Lord is my shepherd. He's not just aware, he's not just on the throne, he's not just all powerful, he is all of those things, but he wants to shepherd your soul in this season that we're in. And the rest of Psalm 23 is kind of this beautiful prism. It's like David is just turning this thing so we can see all of the multifaceted brilliance of Jesus, our leader. He said, Hey, let me turn it here. Let me help you see this. And the rest of the psalm is him describing this one who's leading us. I just, I want you to just receive these things into your heart. He starts by saying, Our leader, he's this great provider. He's the provider. Look back at Psalm 1 with me. He says, The Lord is my shepherd and I lack nothing, or maybe you memorized it in the King James, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In other words, David says, I don't know where the road is going, but the one who's leading me does, and he will take care of everything I need, my emotional needs, my physical needs, my financial needs. He's the one that provides for all of those things. And here's one of the things I've been so struck by in this season, is seasons like this have this tendency to reveal where we turn to for provision. Like, where is it that we turn for financial provision? Where is it that we turn for relational provision or for physical provision? Like, where do we turn for those things? Moments like this tend to reveal where we turn for provision. And David says, when the whole world is shaking, when the road that I'm traveling is uncertain, when I don't know where it goes, I don't just have a leader, but I have a leader that wants to provide for my every need. He says, I lack nothing. It's an amazing reality when you think about who it is that's leading you. One of my good friends that's a part of our church family, he leads a restaurant. Uh, here in the city. And I called him a couple of weeks ago and I said, hey, how are you doing? And he says, man, he says, business is not good, but our mission has never been better. And immediately, I was like so intrigued. I'm like, well, what do you mean by that? And he says, well, you know, with this whole pandemic, nobody's coming in and uh, buying food like they were. He says, but we have pivoted our entire team and our, our mission. And he says, and we're making food, and we're serving it to people that have, can't get out of their houses. We're taking it to elderly people. We're, we're, we're taking it to the poor that have been overlooked in this season. And he says, and I'm just leveraging everything I have for the kingdom of God. He says, and I don't know who's going to take care of me, but I know that God has called me to take care of them. It was one of those amazing moments where I'm in. This is who we're called to be as the people of God. Jesus says, you seek first my kingdom and my righteousness and everything else you need, everything else you need will be provided for by your Father who already knows that you need it. The best plan is to put all of our eggs in the basket of God's leadership, to know that he provides. It was really fun. Last Sunday after we finished the live stream, this friend that owns a restaurant, he sent me a text. Not too long after we got done worshiping, he says, Dave, you'll never believe this. He says, we've been so focused on caring for the city. Somebody just sent me a check, or not anonymously, unexpectedly. And he says, and it's just, it's blown me away the sufficient ways in which God is providing for us in this season. Guys, I know a lot of you, you've lost jobs, or maybe you're scared you're going to lose a job, or there's things in your world that are beginning to shake. I'm just telling you in every way, Jesus, your great leader, your shepherd on this road of uncertainty, he is your provider. He's your provider. He's going to take care of you if you will let him lead you. But I, I love it because David doesn't just st- stop with this, hey, he's your provider. He goes a step further and he says, he's your peace giver. He says, this one that's leading me is the peace giver. Look at verse 2 and 3 with me. So beautiful. He says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He refreshes my soul. I love that. It says, he makes me lie down. He makes me lie down in green pastures. I go, why does our leader have to make us lie down? Because you know, so often we will refuse to lie down even when it's good for us. Now, I'm not saying God caused this, but what I am saying is that God in amazing ways is using this moment that we're in and I know for some of you, it's been a crazy season. Those of you that are on the front lines in the medical profession, first, uh, first responders, those of you that are stay-at-home parents, now you're also school teachers and you're a billion other things as well. I know for some of you, this has been a crazy season, but it's been amazing to me to watch what Jesus, our good shepherd, is doing to all of humanity right now as he's slowing us down. He said, hey, I-, I need you to pause. I need you to rest I need you to take account of what maybe you wouldn't notice if you kept running at the pace you were running at. The imagery that David uses here, it really reminds me of what Sydney and I have to so often do with our children. We have three boys, nine, seven, and five years old, and they're kind of at that age where they don't take naps on a daily basis. They certainly don't do it on a voluntary basis. But every now and then, we'll look at them on a Saturday afternoon, and they're just exhausted. And Sydney and I, because we love them, we'll say, hey, guys, we hate to do this, but you have to take a nap today. And you would think we were like, just doling out the worst punishment on earth. They're like, why? You know, they, they, always, they always just are up in arms about it. But I remember several months ago, we had had our boys lay down to take a nap, and one of our kids came out several hours later after he had slept. He told us he wasn't tired, but he had slept for several hours, and he comes out and he says, Dad. He says, thank you. He says, that was remarkably refreshing. And I'm like, man, exactly. It's like, I love you. I'm your dad. Like, I, I, I know what you need, and there's times when you won't slow yourself down. And so I'm going to do it for you. And guys, it's amazing to me to see what the Lord is doing. We don't just have a great leader that provides for us. That peace that he has, he's trying to give it to you as well. I remember several months ago, I was in the middle of a really stressful season. And one morning, I woke up and I was spending some time with the Lord. And he reminded me of Colossians 3.15, where it says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. And I was struck by one word in that verse that I never noticed before. And it's the first word. It's the word let. He says, he says, you have to let me rule if you want to have peace. He says, if you try to rule or you let somebody else rule, you're not going to have peace. David says, hey, I'm on this road of uncertainty. I have no idea where it's going. I have a great leader. And when I let him rule, he provides my every need. He gives me peace. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Third thing that David says comes out of the end of verse 3. Look at this with me. He says, he guides me along right paths for his name's sake. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake namesake. David says he's not just a provider. He's not just a peace giver. He is the the path into all goodness. He is the one that leads us into everything that is good. And here, here's what's so interesting to me. I want you to notice what David didn't say. He didn't say that he leads us into the path that we prayed for or the path that we wanted or the path that we planned for. Like, it's not the way it always works. He says he leads us into the right path. He leads us into the path that we needed for our goodness and his glory. Like, he knows where we need to go. I think about a conversation I had earlier this week with a friend of mine from our church who was getting ready to retire here in just a few weeks. And the economy has crashed all of their plans, at least from their current vantage point. I said, how are you doing? He said, this is not the path I would have ever chosen. He says, but I'm encountering the goodness of God as I walk down this path in ways I never could have imagined. Because this is the way the Lord works. He shows up in the season of uncertainty. He shows up when we don't know which direction to go. He shows up, and He provides, and He gives peace, and He leads us into all goodness. Guys, this is not a season for us as a church family to take the reins to take control and to go, man, we got, we got this. This is a moment to say, okay, God, we don't know what's happening, but we know that you're trustworthy. And would you lead us in such a way that it would give you great glory and us great joy as we serve the good of the people that are around us. And David says, in my season of uncertainty, I know who my leader is, provider, peace giver, the good path. And then, then we get to the part of Psalm 23 that I hate. I wish I could just cut it out of the Bible. I don't like it. I don't enjoy it. Maybe that's heretical. I don't know. That's how I feel. Psalm 23, look at verses 4 and 5. He says, "'Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil.'" My cup overflows." Uh, like, the way that I wish the psalm went right there was, hey, I've got a good leader who provides, who gives me peace, who takes me in the right path, and that right path always detours around the valley of the shadow of death. But David said, no, so often our leader, he takes us on the good path, and the good path descends down into the valley of the shadow of death. And it's interesting here, because he, he says, we don't run through the valley we don't get around the valley. We, we, we don't get over it. He says, no. He says, we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And we don't just walk through it. Did you notice? He says, in the middle of the valley, we like actually have a picnic. Like Jesus is like, hey, we're right here in the middle of a battle zone. Great place to, for a picnic. He says, here's a table before you in the presence of your enemies. And David, he, he's sharing with us from his heart this truth you only experience in seasons like the one that we're in right now. David's reminding us that so often the safest place on earth is right in the presence of the scary place with Jesus. Sometimes the safest place on earth is in the scary places with with Jesus, where, where he takes you into a place you didn't imagine going. And guys, I'm just telling you, here's the deal. It is safer to be with Jesus in a scary place than it is to be in a place of comfort without him. And right now, we're just being reminded of this over and over and over as our world is trembling. And scared about death and disease, and is it gonna get us and is it gonna affect us and what's gonna happen? We're reminded that as we walk with Jesus through this valley that he told us we would go through, we have absolutely nothing to fear. Why? Because he's a great leader and he's perfectly capable of protecting you. I think about some of our medical professionals that are on the front lines. I saw this picture earlier this week, of some of our doctors and nurses standing on top of Vanderbilt Hospital on the helicopter pad, just praying over the city. And I thought, man, in some ways, they've got the scariest job in the city. And then in other ways, man, the ones that are walking with Jesus are in the safest place they could ever imagine. Sydney and I were talking with some of our nurses this week online, and, and one of them just said, it's weird going into work every day, because I, I have this this bit of fear that every day I have to hand over to the Lord and let him become my peace, let him become my protector. Because sometimes the safest place is to follow Jesus into the scary place. And guys, this is this is important. We live in a moment right now where the whole world is obsessed with washing our hands, which is a good practice, you know, and we want to be good neighbors and we want to take good precaution. But I go, I believe Jesus in this season is inviting the church to follow him into the dark valley, not to be obsessed with just washing our hands, but with washing the world's feet. Jesus says, this is who we are. This is what we do. This is This is what we're about. In fact, we have opportunities. I mean, every day of the week, If you're healthy, if if you're not vulnerable, for you to join us in serving in the city, we've partnered up with some amazing organizations right here in the city where you can help serve people in great ways that are really in need. This is not a time for us to to get scared and to shrink back and to isolate, but to say, hey, Jesus, we follow you wherever you're going to take us. We're showing up for duty because we want to serve. If you want to find some of those opportunities, you can go to ethoschurch.org forward slash at home. And on the left-hand side of that page, you'll see a little thing that says ways to help. There's ways for us to help. And the reason we can help, because we're fearless people walking with an undefeatable God into some of these places that we go. David says, hey, remember, we've got a leader on this road of uncertainty. He's the provider. He's the peace giver. He's the path to goodness. He's a protector. Last but not least, look at verse 6 with me. He's the promise of what's to come, verse 6. He says, surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David says, here's the promise of what's going to come right now in the moment that we're in. Here's the promise of what's to come. David says, I expect my good leader to bring good things in this season. He says, that's what I expect. It's the promise of goodness right here, that the love of God, the mercy of God, is going to chase you down right here and now. And that one day we're going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's the reason we can kind of begin to understand what Paul was talking about where he says, it's a tough choice for me. To, to live is Christ and to die is game. He said, it's a, it's a tough choice. He said, I don't know which direction to lean into, but I know that God's going to be glorified in all of it. know, I think sometimes in the moment we're in, with all of the, the bad news and all the stuff that's constantly coming our way, it could be easy as human beings to start expecting the worst. But as we look at our leader, as we keep our eyes on our leader, as we walk through this season of uncertainty with our good leader, Jesus we begin to expect good things, not just now, but in the days to come. One of my favorite things to do with my boys in this season is to just ask them, what do you think it's going to be like one day when we live in the house of God forever? And no matter what they dream up, I'm always like, guys, your imagination is not capable of grasping how good it will be. And so let's live from that reality right now. See, David knew what it was like to walk down the road of uncertainty. And my question for you is, in this season of uncertainty, who's leading you? Who's leading you? Like, Are you trying to lead yourself? Are you trying to get leadership from all of your friends that don't know anything more than you do? Are you trying to get leadership from the news? Like, where are you getting your leadership? Jesus is saying, hey, come to me, all who are weary and burdened and worn out. He says, I want to show you how to do this. I want to be your good shepherd. I want to lead you. You know, There's some of you that are watching this morning, listening in, and you're not a follower of Jesus. You have no idea what I'm talking about. You don't know how to do this. I want to encourage you, just send us an email share at ethoschurch.org. One of our pastors, we'd love to set up a time to talk with you, to hear what's stirring in your heart, to help you really practically know how to follow Jesus, how to trust and follow Jesus right here and now. So send us an email, we'd love to connect with you. There's some of you that uh, have given your lives to Jesus, you've been forgiven of your sin, You've, you've been filled with the Spirit of God, but in this season you've kind of taken your eyes off Jesus, you've started looking at other things, and you've begun to realize that maybe you're no different than your unbelieving neighbors, than your unbelieving coworkers, and the Lord's inviting you to trust Him, to trust Him as a leader. I want to invite you uh, to do that. You know, uh, on that website, ethoschurch.org, forward slash at home, on the left-hand side, you'll see a resource that I created called How to Pray Psalm 23. It's been one of the most practical things that I do, just how do I take the words of Psalm 23 off of the paper, into my mind, into my heart, and then into my life? There's just some really simple ideas there to, that I encourage you this week in your homes to just pray through this psalm and let it work itself all the way down. You know, there's some of you that are just on fire for the Lord, God's doing amazing things, and I just wanna tell you, I wanna encourage you, And we need you. We need you leading, we need you serving, we, we, we need you bringing people up into the hope of God in the season that we're in, so keep running boldly. Man, I love you, I, I miss you. Uh, we're gonna do right now what we do every Sunday after we read the Word together. Mm-hmm. Uh, We take time to break the bread and to take the cup and to be reminded that Jesus, he, he followed the human story all the way to its scariest conclusion. He didn't just die, but he stood in judgment on behalf of all of humanity. He took sin on his shoulders. He died for three days, was buried in a tomb, and was risen back to life. And every week we get together, we break the bread, we drink the cup, and we go, okay, Jesus, the reason we can do this is because you've gone first. And because you want to lead us through it. We receive all of that. So in your homes this morning, I want to encourage you, whether you're alone or with somebody else, to, to open up your Bibles, to have somebody read Psalm 23 out loud over, over whoever's there, and to take a few moments to just thank Jesus for the way that he's leading you, the way he's leading the church, the way he's leading humanity in this moment that we're in. So I'm going to pray for us, and then uh, we'll take communion together. Father, I love you. I just thank you. I thank you so much for these people. Lord, I love them. I thank you that even in this season where we are scattered, that, God, we can experience your leadership, not just on a personal level, but on a communal level. And, God, would you use us? Would you give us great courage and great clarity as we keep company with King Jesus? God, on this road of uncertainty, may we not be shaken as you lead us. We thank you. It's in your name we pray and give thanks. Amen.